This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we break down Poldark Season 4 in its entirety. What were some of the plots that we loved? Who were some of our favorite new characters? And on the flip side, who did we hate? What were we not so fond of? And also, we get into our power rankings. Who was on top? Who stunk it up at the bottom? And who kind of hovered in the middle the whole time? Find out all that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. I need We are back again. Poldark season four is over, but we're here to talk about the whole thing. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing okay. How about you, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, to do the arbitrary weather check, it's like 75 degrees in New England today. A little strange for November 2nd. Yeah, it's it was uh, 70 where I am today here in New York. It's uh, unseasonally warm. <laughs> That's true. I I I, I'm, I bet this is why people tuned in to listen. Like, what's the pot? What's the weather like on this day? Hey, we got international listeners, so you never really know who wants what exactly. Well, they're just like, what is seventy degrees? As that's what they're saying. Fahrenheit, right now. And, warm, summer weather, right? Well, it, it, late it, spring weather. In the twenties, I'd say for Celsius, if you're going by that by that standard, around twenty. I don't know the conversion, so I'm going to trust you on that. You should, you should learn, man. Come on. Why I don't go anywhere where it's Celsius. Just respect for our listeners and their temperatures. For their climates. Yeah. Well, before we get into this breakdown, any news or updates we need to discuss? No, just that The Crown comes back Friday, November 9th. Uh, The only bit of news that came out was Dominic West offered to quit the Prince's Trust position over his role as Prince Charles. Uh, The Prince's Trust is a charity of which King Charles is the president. West has met the king several times. Uh... And King Charles' uh, private secretary wrote him a letter saying, you do what you like, you're an actor, it's nothing to do with us. So That's nice of... They, they think nothing of it. That's awfully nice of, of Dominic West, McNulty, to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, out of respect for for King Charles, you know. I, I wonder if he had the same respect for um, Lily James when he cheated on his wife with her. <laughs> uh, Dominic West. National treasure. International treasure. A <laughs> <laughs> piece of trash. Uh, and we'll dig on into that because we are going to take up the crown next as our coverage because we got to strike while the iron's hot. People are going to be talking about it, so we're going to be talking about it. Yeah, and I think I think the Poldark loyalists are a little a little perturbed by us making this choice, but also I think, I think we need to, to put things into perspective and we'll give you a little inside baseball information right now. When we did Gilded Age, our numbers like shot through the roof for doing something contemporary. And we're evergreen podcast, but that doesn't mean we don't like the immediate hits. So we're we're gonna jump on to a show that's current before we eventually return to Poldark and finish it off because we only have one more season. Of course, we're gonna finish. It. We love this show. Oh yeah, no, we have to see it through, uh, and we'll talk about that. Just about right now, but the one thing we want to get out of the way, because there was a point of discussion last week where Dave and I went back and forth for a few minutes, was uh, regarding what Elizabeth was doing with uh, Morwenna. Mm-hmm. Why was well, she trying to take were. her away? Yeah. So I was incorrect. I'll own this. That I thought the doctor had said that she should seek 
some counsel or someone to be there for her, you know, when the child is around. But as Dave correctly pointed out, he advised that she get a physician. Um, but Dave had the the mindset that Elizabeth was taking more wanted to kind of pull her away from from Drake, that to to not let her get married, to take care of her and and put her on the right path. That's not that was not accurate either. Well, I didn't mean pull her on. I I meant let her mm-hmm. have a girls' weekend to sort of discuss it, have some wine and cheese, and see where our heads are at. Is this too soon? Okay. So All I think right. we were both caught up in the moment because lively discussion is lively discussion. Yep. And, and I, I scanned through a couple recaps of this episode online, and people were as baffled as, as we were as to what exactly Elizabeth was doing with Morwenna, taking her to, uh, you know, trend with. Um, so if you listeners have any idea what Elizabeth was doing with Morwenna, trying to take care of her, showing her some kindness for a second, maybe that's all it was. But if you have ideas, let us know. Yeah, and I think I think it sits particularly strange because Elizabeth dies. Like, right, this no is one of her <laughs> last acts of, of being in charge of something, is this. And then she mm-hmm. dies. So I think, of course, we're going to comb over it a little more thoroughly than we would if it were any other episode. And just to put a button on it, when I sent Dave this message uh, over our text chat of, you know, I think we were both wrong. He sent me a gif of George throwing the coins in Ross's face. <laughs> So that was his That's response. Right. <laughs> well, it's, so. it's like any discussion on a podcast. It's, it's especially one that that is about kind of how we feel about how we're picking up on feelings. That's the thing about art in general. It's how you interpret it to a certain extent. So, I think both of us were wrong in quotes, but both of us were also just kind of feeling the plot the way that we felt the plot. So there's no, you know, we don't hit, stop the recording and go and grumble about it. It's, it's mm-hmm. that's the the nature of the beast. So, speaking of our emotions, Dave, how did we feel about season four of Poldark? Well, I think there's something we need to get out of the way before we do season four. And that is, when we finished recording season three, we had a clerical error when we were doing our power rankings episode. So we were not able to give the power rankings on seasons one to three cumulatively. Mm Mm-hmm. So we got to do season three's power rankings in a bottle and say this is how people shook it out. But we didn't have any access to both of our combined power rankings because of just some Excel glitches that were happening on my end. So I have course corrected. And before we jump into the season four power rank or the season four review discussion, I think we should just tell everybody where the show stood, where we left things at the end of season three. So Whitworth just got pretty much put in her pla- his place by... Morwenna, Elizabeth just put Francis in his place, and Demelza. Did she fool around with Armitage in season three, or is that the beginning of season four? Wait, did you just say Elizabeth put Francis in his place? Yeah, because that's remember when she said, you know, trust me, that she had the same beat twice. If you you mean to correctly. George, George, yeah, Fran- well, Francis is a ghost. Francis has been long dead, brother. <laughs> I don't know where he been. All right, well, I will uh, just real quick. Uh, top bottom three performers, so. Bottom three season, at the end of season three. On, at the, the end show. of season three, cumulatively, so all three seasons combined. Mm-hmm. Um, negative three is Jim Carter at ten negative ten points of our power rankings. So that was who was uh, Jim Carter? <laughs> he is Ross's little bodyguard that got wrong, kind of wrongfully imprisoned, not bodyguard, like oh. helper, and then uh, died so long ago. And, and he doesn't have a gravestone by the water as much as they did 
show us them putting one there. Yeah. So he's at negative 10. Got um, it. Second place, Morwenna with negative 17, which makes a lot of sense following season three. And then ultimately on the absolute bottom of the barrel for season three is Elizabeth at negative 26. So that all tracks. Now mm-hmm. to go to the positive uh, and third place going up, positive 19 points, uh, it's Verity, who seems to just avoid trouble at all corners. Well, good for her. <laughs> and then uh, po- second place going up, positive 23 points is Ross. And a big jump for first place, positive 32 points, it's Demelza. So that is season three, two, and one combined. So so she is far and away in the lead there, Demelza. Correct. Okay. So, yes, that is uh, where we were. Now we can go... Uh, let's start talking about season four. What, what is there? How do we want to start this conversation? <sighs> well, yeah, I don't know where to start. But <laughs> uh, I mean, we there was a bit of a shakeup this year. It wasn't just about mines and and miners. I mean, we did start the season with Wheel Kitten and Zacky's son uh, dying, but we really didn't spend much time on the mines this year. It was more so, you know bank troubles with whether they could have funding for the mines and and that turned out to not be that bad of a thing when it ultimately went through because they found a way around it to loop Ross into a a new bank in Pasco and to keep the the mine running but a real distinct shift away from mining this year Dave yeah and not to mention politics Ross is a member of parliament here too (laughs) yeah he is absolutely a a politician now (laughs) uh which is fun to see. It's fun to see them going back and forth and arguing. Yeah, yeah. I think we really don't get a total grasp of all the things that Ross is doing in Parliament. We know that he's kind of fighting for the common man and fighting for equality, and and he's not all that popular with the George types. But we really don't get a total glimpse into the things that he's doing in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just know he's progressive. Yeah, he's he's a progressive sort, which makes a lot of sense for him. Um, Demelza seems to be doing the Ross job at uh, Wheel Leisure, which is the mine that's still open, right? Mm-hmm. But then every time something seems to go down, Ross is seemingly on a carriage back to Cornwall anyway. So <laughs> they, they make. Such I, a point I mean, I of... think that's convenient storytelling, but we do. They make such a point of how long of a trip it is, yet we see Ross doing it multiple times this this season, just back and forth all the time. Yeah, Ross and Jeffrey Charles are like constantly like they're only in London for like a day at a time, and then they're back on their two week carriage ride or however long it takes. Hmm. Uh, on that point, how do we feel about Jeffrey Charles' version? Was it four point at this point? Three point oh. Three point oh. I don't, I don't like this Jeffrey Charles that much. And I think as we reflect on how much we loved him last season, little, you know, junkster and, and, you know, preteen boy to suddenly being like a college-aged man going out to parties and drinking and stuff like that, not a fan. Not a fan. What about you, Corey? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's both those things. He's a bit of a nitwit now. He he goes out and drinks and vomits everywhere he goes. And also, I think the actor playing him is just a little bit too chuffed, which may be him playing it correctly, but 
there, there's a certain vulnerability lost in the way he plays him that isn't, I don't know, it, it, it's not very welcoming. <laughs> we don't, I don't yeah. really like Jeffrey Charles. Yeah, and it's not very befitting of the character because I think in season three, he's supposed to be like this excited kid who's ready to push boundaries and stuff like that and explore and, and sort of push George especially. And in this season, he seems to have sort of embraced all the bad things about Francis while also trying to like evade George, if that makes sense. Like he's just like a lush. He's just like a college kid. Like he seems to have lost all his personality and had it replaced with a strange sense of um wealth and entitlement kind of on the mm-hmm. dl and and maybe it's just because i said this earlier when we watched the show he looks like a muppet this guy the hair on his head just doesn't look right the way he carries himself he he seems like a muppet he doesn't seem like a person no not in the slightest he's i'm not <laughs> And, and his collar, you know, it looks like his, he really does look like a, like an action figure. Like his head is popping right off his collar with his mm-hmm. beaker hair, you know, his floppy blonde locks. And he really has nothing to do. So, yeah, I think he has that one line where he tells Elizabeth that doesn't, doesn't Valentine look just like Uncle Ross, which is like one of the greatest lines of the season. Mm-hmm. But there's just no meat on the bone with Jeffrey Charles this season, which is a disappointment considering he is, you know, if if you want to do the soap opera thing and age him up to the point of being an adult character, I think you should treat him like an adult character and don't treat him like a prop. Yeah. Just don't have him vomiting everywhere. Um, but yeah, why don't we just spend a little bit more time talking about London because, you know, as much as Ross travels back and forth, it's really kind of, putting a, a fine point on the distance between him and Demelza. And yeah, there's some struggles there, but they seem to make it work actually with them being far apart. And then when he brings her to London, everything's going great. But then we kind of rehash the whole same story we've seen in season two, season three, even, even in season one with Ross, with Elizabeth, where there's just a lack of trust between the two of them. And it comes in the form of Adderley late in the season. It's like we avoided it this far and then they just kind of re- enter it because i mean armitage dies early in the season so we you think for once we're moving on from it but then it's just a hoodwink to be like no we're right back in this whole mess mm-hmm. and we know for a fact that demels is not interested in adderley right so it's an even more baffling um plot point especially considering this whole season we find out that the sort of rift between demelza and ross is their unspoken um feelings about how they both feel about the armitage situation where Ross is clearly upset about how uh, Demelza cheated on him. And Demelza is just wants things to be good and clear the air. But Ross feels like she's still in love with him, which is totally not the case. Yeah, I, 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 you, you kind of just want to see the couple be strong and supporting each other at this point. <laughs> they've known each other. They've been together for how long? Just, just know you're not going to leave each other. We can, like, let's be real. They're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're both the two attract most attractive people in town. Who else are they going to go for? Um. Anyways, rest in peace, Armitage. I guess, but you know, we even get the tease of Ross shooting Armitage late in the season, which is like, okay, it's reinforcing that he's still lingering on this. But man, we got to move on with this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's and and I think I'm hoping that season five is 
smooth because I have my fears about what you know. I, it, it, this isn't quite Downton Abbey level of 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 falling off with some of your main characters, but this is definitely hitting the repeat button over and over and over again of the beats. And I start to lose, like, I feel like the earlier seasons of the show, there's a bit more optimism with, like, we'll make things work. We'll, we'll get through and, and find a way to make, make things happen. But, again, they're repeating these errors with Elizabeth and Ross with each other. Uh, we see, like, Pasco's bank falls apart. George keeps on winning despite his, like, you know, home life maybe falling apart. It, it seems pretty bleak at times in the show. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they just can't get a win, like a clean win. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, and, you know, we see that Demelza, towards the end of the season, comes to London, and that is supposed to indicate, you know, that she's, she's like, cool with Ross, and they're having fun, and they're, you know, being physical and all that stuff. But then we see that she's uncomfortable in London, and she hates London, and she's not a fan of London, and she doesn't feel like she belongs. And, you know, it's like they can't have a nice thing and just have it. There has to be some contingency to make things complicated when, you know, Spoiler alert, looking at the power rankings, we have 65 characters on our power rankings. We don't need Ross and Elizabeth to constantly be emotionally juggling their relationship. They characters can just be and quotes. Okay. Characters and quotes. Well, some of them, I mean, some some are more vague, but 65 so let's take away 10. We have 55 characters that are have made moves in this show. This 65 point. entities, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> it includes um uh the Caroline Dwight's dog and Toads too, and so. employees of Wheel of Leisure. Um, well, they actually they actually have a stake here. So yeah, yeah. but I, I I'll see if we'll see if they repeat things next year because as Ross says in the end of the season, people know he he shot and killed a man more or less to keep gossiping, and it seems like Falmouth has a idea in mind for what to do with Ross or how to best use him. Make him like gunslinger. Put him to work doing that. I mean, he, he's pretty good at it, so why not? Um, that That's the Ross and Demelza front. Why, why don't we talk a little bit more about uh, Elizabeth and George? Okay. Uh, this is, again, sort of repeating the same bits that happened last season, I think. I think it dives a little deeper, though. Like, it does. It, it really interrogates, you know, if this is Ross's actual child, Valentine, what does that mean for George? How does he react to Elizabeth about that? And even then, before that, we get to see them kind of as a power couple flourishing. Like, they really kind of show them in full effect this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of respect that, you know, when Jeffrey Charles blows it up there, uh, they they sit on it for a second <laughs> to, to see how George stews and, and how they'd react. I mean, it's a shame that where, where they are now because that's, I guess, what happened in the books, but... I feel like the, the, they did a good job exploring that relationship this season in ways they haven't in the past where it's just they, they were the kind of the foils and Elizabeth was trying to find her way in there. Um, by the same token, they've also alighted certain details. Like we didn't revisit Elizabeth's drinking problem so much this season. It's just like, I guess she must have kicked it. Um, but I don't know. I, I liked how they handled them this year for the most part. Yeah, I, I overall it definitely did, but yeah, like you did say, we she she gets prescribed this tincture for her seemingly d- depressed state of mind towards the end of last season, and it does just uh, up and leave the narrative as it sees it's it's a fit to do so. So, mm-hmm. um, the one thing that really did kind of get me 
not annoyed, but you know, in the week that we've had to marinate on this is, is the, the way that George, everything is about being, you know, gaining for him. And to mm-hmm. the point that the finale ends with, or the, the finale begins with a flashback of Ross, Francis and George talking about Elizabeth, like how she's the greatest and how, you know, Francis and George say, well, Ross got her. And then we establish in this last episode, right before she passes away, Ross says to George, you have her, like you won. So this is like a power game that we know that George has been uneven in his feelings for Elizabeth between doubt and denial. And, you know, moments after she gives birth to Ursula, he comments about how he's about to be a knight. So like, it seems like even in this very emotional family moment, he's still talking about his 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 power ranking in his own head and when she passes away george is like how am i going to live without her and to me that just seems totally disingenuous because he's been doing just fine being selfish like i know it's supposed to be this raw moment but he doesn't act it that way you know to me that just seems a little um rings well, that's false. Just george i don't know that seems like george <laughs> so it sounds like him to me I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see going into season five what his um, emotional intentions really are. I, you know, like I, I know it's not a make or break situation, but just to me, that moment in the episode, he's not like, he doesn't feel defeated in the way that I think if he was, you know. Well, he he definitely does after she passes. I mean, he literally he seems deflated, but he doesn't seem defeated to me. No, he sounds defeated. Are you kidding me? He says to Dwight, "Like, what do I do after this? Like, like everything means nothing, essentially." And then Dwight reminds him of the child, but he literally says, "I like, I have nothing." He's like having a Whitney Houston moment. Yeah, I I get, and yeah, I I don't forget that that happened. Just to me, that doesn't feel like, like it doesn't feel genuine. Like it, it never felt like he was super duper in love with her. So this seems like. He's just well, saying sure. Things. I mean, and you can say that. It's also, you know, a matter of, I think there was a possessiveness about him and just having her was kind of the end game and part of the mm-hmm. whole romance there. So, yeah, I, I do think it's it's kind of strangely understated how Elizabeth goes from like total Homer on Team George. She loves everything that he's doing. And then the more she sort of sees the, the underbelly and the things like, Whitworth uh, abusing Morwenna, the more she kind of retreats to being her old self. And then I think after their blow up, when she has Ursula and, you know, before she has Ursula and she's so insistent, you know, Valentine is your child. You need to stop with this self doubt. I think that's like Elizabeth reclaiming her individuality just to die. So maybe that's one of the, another reason why it, the George stuff doesn't hit me in the right way because there's so much emphasis on Elizabeth. I disagree, though. I mean, she was definitely a partner with him, too. Like, she was helping to, to work the system and talk to people to win, like, votes in his favor and, and stuff and, like, swing things. I, there was definitely a bit of a partnership there. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not dis- discounting any of that. Just to me, the, the Elizabeth of it all s- seemed like a very fleshed-out arc of full-on Team George, like, let's burn Ross to the ground to slowly kind of becoming more in the late, like the last third of the season becoming more of a mix of a new Elizabeth, a new form that loves George and supports George, but is also willing to sit down with more and be like, Whitworth was terrible to you. And you know, we're, I don't want that to happen again. I'm sorry. Kind of thing. 
Yeah, she's just a, a fully three-dimensional person. Which is um, a shame for that to happen, and then she dies. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough beat. Uh, and George just, get, George just gets to own this house now, because uh, Agatha's gone, and, and Elizabeth's gone, and it's like, man, that's that's crazy. And you know, well, th- Does that's George the get it, or does Jeffrey Charles get it? Uh, maybe it's Jeffrey Charles's. Um, but just to, to sit on that for a second, this is the first season where we don't have any Aunt Agatha. Did no. you miss that miss that bit of humor, Dave? Do you think we're we're missing an element there? I do think we're missing a a grounding element for George, and I think the moment when when Elizabeth says, "Of course, Aunt Agatha's going to tell you a lie. You canceled her birthday party." I think there's a certain sense of. Um, like triviality towards the things that Aunt Agatha wants that really don't affect the plot, but are mm-hmm. just sort of little old lady who wants a party or little old lady who just wants her nephew to come visit her. That how those things can affect the comings and goings of the day. That maybe I think just having the characters so spread out between London and Cornwall, it doesn't allow for a sort of comic relief like that. And also, I, I think it's we see George win repeatedly uh, this season and there isn't someone there to bite back at him and just cut him down just a, a peg real fast like Agatha did. So that's what kind of adds maybe to the kind of negative outlook of a lot of the show is there just isn't someone there to be like, this guy is the worst, isn't he? Just like to speak for the audience a little bit. It's just like, you just kind of have to take it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Tough. This Because George definitely has always taken the, the literal wins and the emotional losses. You know, he's always wound up in Parliament, even though he's lost a seat to Ross. But then he goes home and, and Jeffrey Charles says that his son is not his son and that sends him into an emotional down downward spiral. So, like, he always has the public-facing win and the inward-facing loss. And I think mm-hmm. not having on Agatha to sort of tell everyone around him that he is doing that kind of stinks but i think it is heavy this season the stuff that he's going through and i think maybe comic relief might have taken away from the seriousness of that this time around yeah at the same time i'm okay with agatha being gone because like i said earlier i did like the more time that we spent with george and elizabeth to just see their their dichotomy together and how they mm-hmm. tried to make things absolutely work. And it especially played well in contrast to Demelza and, and Ross, where things were just a little bit. I mean, they're always strained with them, but how far apart they were. I think I think that was a kind of interesting, you know, contrast there. Yeah, I think thinking about the the connection of all four of these characters, I think we can kind of segue into Morwenna, Whitworth, and Drake, and Rowena as well. You know. <laughs> This, this was another huge plot point, a fan favorite. We know people love Drake and people hate Whitworth. So, this Did you say a... Rowena? It's Rowella. No, Rosina is what I said. Not oh, Rosina. Okay, sorry. The, the lag cut in. But yes, uh, people very pro-Drake, anti-Whitworth. Understandably. Now, is this... Did Whitworth lose enough this season? Do you think, or do you think he kind of got his lick it, licks in right before he died, and that's not cool? I think he should have had a horrible downfall. It shouldn't have just been him being dragged by a horse. Everyone needed to get together in the town and just do a public beatdown on this man. 
Just give him his just desserts. This guy was the worst, and we had to sit through it, and then he just did stuff with feet that we didn't ever need to see. This guy <laughs> deserved a town beating, honestly. This is Masterpiece Theater. This is not some dark corner. Not, not shaming anybody, but this is not the you know private browsing window on someone's internet. Yeah, like how they burned down Drake's home. They should have burned down Whitworth's home and then his mother's home. They're just The whole family's rotten. They should have just cut his feet off. <laughs> Something. just Or, or even like I, I would have liked it if they maybe stripped him of his like religious privileges because there's so many times we see him discreetly, you know, having trysts with women and he never gets caught. And I wish that there was some comeuppance on that front at least. Yeah, and and there's some implications earlier in the show that like is it Ross or Elizabeth sees him in that part of town and he kind of comes up with a lie saying, "Oh, you know, I'm here to bless the the women and and try to send them on their way." And never comes back. He he winds up dying because of uh Ro, Roella's husband, the librarian. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, I mean... And that's the thing. They they drop that thread immediately. We don't see Rowella and her husband a- thereafter. It's like, well, I guess that happens. <laughs> Ultimately, I mean, what else can you say about it? I just wish there was a public town beat down on the man. Yeah, and the, and, and the librarian got to, like, stomp his head. Well, I mean, the librarian effectively killed him. I mean, the horse killed him, but... They, they even but. threatened, like, oh, the candlestick is right there on, on his counter... And it doesn't add up to anything. That's it. <laughs> and and with all due respect to Arthur Solway gaining vengeance on, on this man, Rowella was complicit, and she was making money this whole time. So mm-hmm. two wrongs don't make a right, ma'am. So I don't think she should get away scot-free completely. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, of, But I guess people, they're just not a likable couple. Solway is empty. He's the one-note character, and Rowella's... Um, a shrew who abandons her sister. Like, there's no... It's lose-lose for Rowella, in my opinion. And I have a feeling we're never going to see them again, because that's how this show operates. And it's like, okay, well, I'm, well that was weird, but thanks. <laughs> thanks for killing off this character. Yeah, so... so Well, they're, they're effectively gone. And Drake spends the whole season moping around and being uh-huh. uh, convinced to try to date this girl, marry this girl, Rosina. And this poor young lady winds up roped into his nonsense only to just be cast aside when Whitworth dies. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how it goes. Uh, I, I do feel like, as, as much as Drake was in stasis, I feel like we got more with Sam this year. We we, we did see him, you know, with the return of uh, that Emma uh, to answer Charlie's his questions. Daughter, yeah. Yep. And I think he, he he's like, okay, well, I, I need to not waste my time on that. I'm going to help my brother out going to help my sister out he was a good supporting character this year sam i, I really kind of actually liked him this time around he wasn't yeah, just working Bible on the mine the time. working on the mine you know he's he's having he's telling a good story to ross like yeah i'm waiting on a woman in the mine starts flooding <laughs> uh yeah he's just a good old boy this year uh that's yeah sam. i mean not much to give him here but and he's good, got yes, a great thank- tan this year i mean he had oh, a good he, one last year but it looks great this year less time in the mine because it shut down after the flood <laughs> yeah but Drake Drake does go through a lot. He uh, he's with Rosina. Gets his house burned down again. He gets his house burned down by a Harry Harry. Is mm-hmm. who's the one who wrestles uh, Tom? Is that Drake or is he that wrestled, Sam? Uh, Sam, right? Uh, Sam wrestles Tom Harry. Yeah, to impress Emma. Yep. <laughs> well, and and then Drake winds up 
kind of convincing Morwenna why they should get married after everything that happens with Whitworth, which I think is a big win for Drake because at first Morwenna's basically says, I don't want anything to do with you because my I'm repulsed at the idea of men. Mm-hmm. And then Drake is like, well, uh, what if we are not physical and we're just an emotional couple? Part of me thinks that's not going to be the case going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, Pold- I don't think so. Poldark does a thing of resolving serious emotional issues in a matter of like one long weekend. So, you know, it happened with Dwight's uh, PTSD and it happened with Armitage's as well. Like the two of them just kind of hung out, talked about it, had a couple glasses of scotch and moved on with their lives yeah so, meanwhile everything else around the show stretches on for years that we don't see yeah well i think that's it for them do we want to get on to dwight and Caroline? Well, let's just say too- like you know for next season i'm ex- i'm interested to see what morwenna and drake finally looks like as a couple together and will sam finally find a, a love for himself that'd be nice that would be nice but i could also see them totally shifting back into him being a preacher and just sort of not caring and there's so many couples now that i can just see them being well there if they want to get spicy do they make them a thruple do, does sam join the party there i don't i think that could, that's too spicy for for i mean if, <laughs> if feet stuff is too spicy for us we can't have thruple stuff okay yeah that, that's fair dwight and caroline they go through what they go through with the child which is very upsetting and unfortunate for us to listen to or watch as viewers and in this show where I literally just said people with PTSD and emotional traumas can solve it in a weekend together. Caroline maturely says that I was kind of emotionally in the wrong. I wasn't ready to be a child. I need to go explore myself for a little bit. Don't be mad at me. I think that's one of the most interesting plot points that this season has to offer. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Cause she, she goes around uh, London and has a good time. They don't really do much with it. Exactly. But I think just giving mm-hmm. space to them two is is fine because I don't think the show necessarily knows what to do with it. We we do get some good moments of Dwight talking to Demelza and being like, you know, there's nothing much you can do except just kind of have patience. <laughs> uh, but uh, while he makes eyes at Demelza and she makes eyes at him, which is, is pretty fun uh, on the low. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just kind of very much like simmering throughout the season i'm glad we arrive at where we do at the end of the season where it's like okay she's down to have kids again let's just try one more time it it was rough what happened let's just do it yeah yeah it's it's honestly i think that they're they're supposed to be supportive of ross and demelza they're not really moving the plot forward to begin with so let them have that Mm mm-hmm and i think that really wraps up most of the major characters we you know yeah, we can pause for a moment to pay respects to, to Tholly. He disappeared after getting roughhoused by some men after he was caught hooking yep. up with uh, someone's wife. We never saw him since. That was episode two of the season. Don't know what happened to him. He said he was going to get straight. We don't know. Um, Tom Harry gets fired by George. Uh, he won his wrestling match with Sam, and that's the last we saw of him. And then suddenly Harry Harry spawned in his place. Great yep. writing here. Great, great writing off of characters. I w- can someone who's read the books tell us if Harry Harry is a real character? <laughs> and what happens to Tholly? Can someone tell us what happens to Tholly? 
Yes, please. Well, don't they reference Thali in like the last episode? Like, oh, Thali would get a kick out of this or something like that. Yeah, I think they say that. Yeah, but he's gone as far as I can tell. I'm I'm not one to sneak at IMDb and see what um, I might be missing, but he can come back. There's room for him to come back. Yeah, I mean, he's in the town. He's presumably hanging out with everyone. <laughs> I don't know why he's not around. Yeah, I mean, who dug Elizabeth's grave? That's a good question. That's a real good question. <laughs> uh, and I guess of the characters that have been on the show forever, Garrick the dog, still hanging in there. Looks healthier than surprise health- ever. Healthier than ever. <laughs> Beautiful golden mane. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess the last characters, Dave. How'd you feel about Falmouth and Bassett this year? I don't think they did that. Much. I mean, Bassett seems to always. Both of them seem to operate in the same, like breath, where they're hesitant of Ross because he's going by his morals, and then ultimately they say, "Oh, but he's a good guy," and that seems to be the way it always works with them. Yeah, they're essentially Uncle Carrie. For, for Ross to, to consult with. That, that's what that's, they are. <laughs> that's a good good way to put it. Yeah. I, I do like having them around, though, to, to, to kind of guide Ross because he's a little hot-headed. Mm-hmm. But overall, season four, I liked it. It's very consistent with, I think, where season three was. But I feel like some of the highs are disappearing sometimes here on the show. Well, I mean, we've lost some of the most dynamic characters, and even someone like Jeffrey Charles, just a different actor, a different attitude. The thing, the things that are changing aren't always great. And, and the rehashing of storylines is just getting tired. That that that's the biggest issue, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing that Downton fell into the same camp. So I don't think. I think this is a season four out of five crux you know how do we keep it moving without repeating ourselves and And, unfortunately they repeat themselves and that's the wild thing is you know you take ross out of uh, cornwall you put him in london it does create the issue of distance but he's back in cornwall all the time and then on top of that you put him in this whole political game but he's still sparring with george it's just a different context it's a lot of the same beats even with it just being a political you know environment right now he that's just you know he's a contentious character and that's what we're going to (laughs) see Mm-hmm. That's yeah. But that's about all you can say about that. <laughs> bring on season five. Let, let's go. Yeah. All right. So let's. We've been beating around the bush long enough. You know, if you listen to this podcast, that we give power rankings at the end of every episode. And as I explained earlier, we broke down the season three, one to three power rankings. I think it's time to talk about how the characters did in season four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can start going down. Who had the worst season of season four? So, Corey, do you want to guess? Negative six points. Who's in third place in Poldark season four? This is just season four, not a cumulative score. I think with things balancing out and the way it ends, I'll say Elizabeth. Okay. Um, not quite. Elizabeth is in fourth place with negative five points oh wow third place it's really one bad episode it's zacky <laughs> the son we hardly knew who passed away no zacky's <laughs> the man he's great 
But he has Zach, a rough Zach, week. Yeah, he has. Uh, I thought you meant you you're confusing things, but yes, Zachy uh, loses a son. His man Henshaw is gone. Mm. Oh, hold on one second. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay, yes, uh, his son is gone, and that's that. Now let me. I just lost my window. I am back open. Okay, second place. Worst season four. Negative seven points. Do you have any idea who it might be? Um, let's go with Caroline. Caroline actually kind of evened out. Now this is this character oh, we geez. did not um, we didn't really talk about. So I think this is an interesting segue for us to discuss something. It's may he rest in peace, Hugh Armitage. You know he died this year. That's that's all that really happened with the man. <laughs> he could see he was going blind. He wrote some love letters that were roundly denied by Demelza. And then he then he choked. Yeah, well, not quite choked. And he, I think he just kind of died from being a sick, poisoned war veteran. While they're trying to set him up for a political office at the same time. Yeah, one of the strangest things. But, uh, you know, I'd say RIP, but I don't, I don't uh, morally align with Armitage. Yeah. All right. Now, who do you think had the absolute worst? So this is a ne- negative 10 points overall. Season I know four. from my rankings, I, ha- I think I had Demelza. So I'm going to say Demelza. Well, my rankings pushed Demelza to a negative negative four. So she did better than, uh, spoiler alert, who's not in the number one spot. Thali did a little, little worse than Demelza in our overall. And Elizabeth and one other character. So I guess without any further ado, George winds up the big, biggest loser of season four. Negative okay, 10 that- points. That's got to be you pushing that agenda, because I don't think I pushed that. <laughs> I think I, I think I did weigh the George at home emotional losses more than you did, so I don't mind. I don't mind dying on that hill. Yeah, I mean, in terms of politics, this guy was an unquestionable winner this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had George netting out at zero, so I think you tanked him, uh, maybe. I'm, I'm no, fine tanking George. I think he's a SOB. No, I had George at negative one for this season alone. So negative one. Well, I Thanks mean, for coming. <laughs> he, he did lose his wife and he did think the child wasn't his for a while. I don't know. I mean, I, I think George keeps winning. I think we're a little bit too harsh on the man, maybe. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think the show wants us to think he's a, a losing at some point because he is winning at so many things. So, yeah, um, for, for what it's worth, it was George number one, Armitage number two, Zachy number three, Elizabeth number four, Whitworth number five, Thali six, and Demelza seven. All right. So wait, spoil. Thali was up there. Yeah, Thali got beat up. I mean, I guess yeah, yeah, he, he did. When you only have like one or two bad weeks and you don't show up for the rest of the season, everybody else is kind of making moves consistently, just teeing off on you. So like. Where's a good one that that landed in the middle this season? Um, like someone like Sam winds up with a positive two just because he doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. But Thali just gets whooped on one week, and that's enough. Yep, he gets teed off on. All right, so let's go to the positives. At okay. third place at the end of season four, with five points. You have a guess? Let me say Drake. You're right. It's Drake. 
I mean, he mopes around until things turn his way. That's that's pretty much mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have many outwardly bad weeks. It's not like uh, I mean, he gets his stuff burned, but that's happened before. So, who are we to judge this guy? All right, yeah. second place, negative tw- or positive twelve points. Who do you think it is? Uh, Ross. Nope. Dwight. Nope. Dwight is uh Dwight is one below Drake with positive four points. Sam. No, we already said Sam. Sam is a two. Two of what? Two positive points. He's he's oh, okay. way down the the up rankings. It's Morwenna. Okay. I mean, she gets in, she gets out, and collects some cash along the way. Good for her. Well, that's Rowella. This is Morwenna. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't be further from not, the, from what the deal not is. Not Rosina. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Whitworth dies, and she gets away from him. And she but also that, miscarries his, his child when she really doesn't want to have it. A little bit morbid, mean, but that's yeah. a thing that she is happy about. Right. And that would be maybe the sloppiest storytelling of the season where she just escapes out the window of Whitworth's home. And that's it. They tee him up as like some kind of big bad for her to deal with now. She just leaves. It's like, okay. Yeah. Was that and, easy? Uh, and, and Elizabeth makes mention like, well, what are you going to do about your son? And she's like, well, he's gone now. Yeah. Okay, sure. I guess there's a lot of emotional issues between her and... Uh, her child and Lady Whitworth. So I think I'm. I think she might just be like, "Look, all things must pass." I think. I think that kid will be a brat, whether or not I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. So first place. So for reference's sake, more when is positive twelve. First place is positive twenty two. Um, I don't think Demelza had that strong of a year, and we already said she wasn't doing too hot, right? So it's gotta be Ross. It's Ross. Now, I think you're pumping him up a little bit more than I am. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like he's the big baby face, George is the big heel. I'm I'm playing on team, you know, playing in the for the bleachers. Like everyone can see Ross is kicking butt this season. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> I I feel like it wasn't my Ross. Well, I guess I did have Ross at positive 8 points. So he was my my but you had to have him like on steroids at like 14 points to get to 22. Uh you know he wins some fights. He, he he wins some fights. He kills a man, gets away with it. Uh, gets to have some fun with the Melza. Things don't end too uh-huh. well, but yeah, I guess he ends up you know doing just fine. So that's Ross. He he wins the season, big win. Now we've been having some technical errors, so I think we should burn through the overalls real quick and get out of here before our computers explode. All right, so. Of all four seasons, in third place on the bottom, the third most poorly performing character. This one comes as a shock to me. Negative nine points. Corey, who do you think it is? Um, it's Someone who showed up for a quick second and died, uh, probably. Actually, Francis had a bad run of luck. Francis. It is not Francis. It's Uncle Carrie. <laughs> You know, he's aligned with the wrong side. What what can I say? He shouldn't be aligned with George. And I feel like perpetually speaking, he's the kind of guy that just like is constantly cleaning up George's messes and trying to give him good advice and being ignored. So I guess it just you just get kicked while you're down all the time and you wind up on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And one up, uh, 
negative 10 points. We've already talked about him in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> you go ahead, Dave. I don't know. It's Jim Carter. <laughs> I, the guy had a rough life, let me tell you. <laughs> he did. He didn't it didn't uh, die well. Yep. So I guess that all these other characters are moving the needle. Jim Carter moved it down a couple times and it just stayed there and never went mm-hmm. back. All right, so the worst performing character in all of Poldark. I'll just say it because it didn't change. It's Elizabeth, negative 31 Oh, points. man, she just dug a deeper hole for herself, I'm sure. So tough beat. Yeah, so now, now we can jump to the positive side. Things did change a little bit this year. Um, third place, positive 20, which means a lot of motion, a lot of positive motion throughout their duration on the show. Any guesses, Corey? Uh, Dwight? Correct, it's Dwight. Nice. A uh, lot to do there. Second place, positive 29. Uh, Demelza? Yep, bingo. And up at first place, positive 45. It's got Ross. This is a lot. It's Ross. It's Ross. So that's it. Ross is winning. Elizabeth is losing. Well, she's lost effectively. She's dead. Um, but that's that's the power ranking so far. I think we got it right, Dave. I think we nailed this. I think we did. Uh, and, you know, we're going to take next week off, and we are going to come back in two weeks with the crown season Season four or season five? Season four, right? Season or is five. It five. We've watched four seasons already. Okay. Jeez, Louise, that's right. Two of each queen. Yep. So we're gonna watch The Crown, season five. So go back in the archives and listen to the rest of this next week. So mm-hmm. you want to hit them with the plugs and we can get out of yeah, here. Yeah, you know where to find us: uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at lordsgrantham at gmail uh, we have all of our episodes archived on our Podbean website. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes. If you want to f- leave us a five-star ratings and reviews, if you so choose, you can do that. And, of course, we have a Patreon where we have bonus episodes on there that you can find. All right. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Adios.